Hello, and welcome to Conversations Between Widows. I am one of the co-hosts, Tanya Wilson. And I'm your other co-host, LaSharma Jefferson. And we're bringing you weekly conversations about our widow journey. Our purpose is to provide our listeners with a window seat into how two young women who became widows too soon are navigating life after their loss. Our goal is to provide another support system to other widows on the same journey to help them feel less alone. You'll laugh, you'll cry, and shake your head profusely in agreement to what Tanya and I and our guests are talking about. So come on in and enjoy the conversation. How are you? I'm good. And how are you doing? How's your day going? I'm doing great. Uh, the day is going good. Always productive. It's a little rainy today, but you know, Ooh, yeah. you, you got to take the rain in order to get the pretty flowers and the green grass and all that good stuff. So hopefully it just doesn't continue to rain uh, throughout the day because that just, you know, Makes me just not want to do much but lay in the bed. And that just throws off my productivity. <laughs> well, you know how I feel about raining. Raining is like a trigger. Because <laughs> uh, my late husband loved the rain. <laughs> oh, wow. Did he? Yeah. You don't want to know why he loved the rain. Just know mm. that he loved the rain. Mm. <laughs> um, but it also triggers, um, you know, it, long as it's raining, raining lightly, which it is, I'm okay. It's when the heavy rain start. That's when I start into my whole little basement issue. But mm. the rain is. It was here this morning. I'm hoping it's moving out. I hope I see the sun that's peeking through right now. And oh, I need to come where you are because I don't see a, a bit of sun over here. <laughs> oh Lord, maybe it's not like a shift. bit. <laughs> shifting yeah it's amazing with the how the rain goes because i've seen it where it's clear on one side and it's raining on the other i saw that last week and i was like oh my god you can see the like the difference between before it happened so that was pretty neat but other than that i am not a fan of the rain because of the little problems it's causing me in my little basement and and how how about the storms taking power out this is the first time the last storm that we had uh, this past week Mm -hmm. first time i lost power in um in my area since i've been in my house and it was a doozy i was without power from thursday through no no wednesday through uh, late Friday afternoon. Yeah, and I was like, that was terrible. I'm like, no internet. I had homework to do. I'm just, you know, and you know, we use our internet all the time. So I was like, please let my stuff come back on because I don't know what I'm going to (laughs) do. Yes, the internet is, uh, yeah, we still depended on it. It was a a luxury. Now it's a necessity. I know, you can't function almost without it. It's like, Mm -hmm. You know, your phone calls, everything is, you know, over these networks. And when the networks go down, it really, you know, put throws a monkey wrench in your ability to function, you know. Right. <sighs> but, you know, we'll, we'll get through it. But uh, yes. like I said, as long as right now, you know, we're far from wintertime here in the Midwest. So right. I'm going to go ahead and deal with this little drizzle that we're having because it's not 
snow or ice. <laughs> so. <Yes. laughs> Fun times when you have the snow and the ice together. Yes. But, well, we're here to do the follow-up episode to the assignment you gave me on this online baby. <laughs> yes, we have to re we had to revisit that because I, I know we were kind of you know we were staying away from it because I know it's not your favorite topic to talk about. But I was like, we have to you know at least come back and let our viewers know you know what happened with the homework assignment that I gave you, uh, which was to just be a little bit more interactive on the dating site. Um, I think I told you to go on the dating site either every day or at least three times a day. <laughs> and then you were supposed to at least reach out, you know, to one or two people um, mm-hmm. and just see what happens. So did you do that? Well, did you say three times a day? I thought it was three not, times not a day. Not a day, a week, a week. Okay, all right. A week, yeah, because like, three I times definitely... a day, three times a day would mean you're not doing nothing at work. So we don't want to, <laughs> in, we don't want to interfere <laughs> with what yeah. pays the bills. <laughs> yeah, no, I was like, I don't think I went on there three times a day, but three times a week. I did do the three times a week. Uh, so I did that. Uh, did I continue it? I did it for a week. Okay. Okay. <laughs> and that's about it. Uh, second, did I reach out to some people? Yes. Some people reached out to me. I reached out to them. Um, yeah. And then third, why haven't I started back up? The online thing is tough. I, I think there's a lot of layers to it and you have to find the right app. Um, and and finding the right app, you got to go through sometimes not the so right apps <laughs> to find right. The, the right app. So I, I did this one and I spoke to a few people, but it was conversations like, I think one guy was like, oh, I'm about to lay down. I said, okay, I'll talk to you later. <laughs> and I get a message in the morning. Hey, I wasn't done talking, but you said you was tired and you're about to lay down. So I want to be inconsiderate and keep you up. And then don't bring me into your your bedroom so soon. Because to me, when you say something like that, Mm -hmm. I'm about to lay down. Mm -hmm. You know, it seemed like they, like, was that a segue? Did he want you to start, oh, are you tired? Or, you know, just getting into some deeper type things. Oh, I don't even play. Uh, I didn't even. <laughs> so you didn't even dwell on that. You no, like, okay, good night. <laughs> good night, <Bye>. sir. <laughs> That's all I wanted to say. If I could say bye in a, in a text message, bye. Bye. <laughs> bye. Uh, but, um, yeah, and it was just different. You get the hello, beautiful. You get the uh, hello, you look beautiful. I don't know, do they not realize how much of, a line that sounds like because to me if you're reaching out to me and you're you're immediately you know coining me with the you know beautiful that just sounds it doesn't sound uh it doesn't sound unique it doesn't sound personal it's like you probably are saying that to every woman that you are reaching out to and well, i think beautiful you know, is a it is a safer word because you ain't get, you can't mess up the person's name. So see, if he said hello, <laughs> Sandra, and I'm tying, and I'm tying you, see? it don't matter. It's okay, like I get email. I get what you're saying. It's just that. like an email. 
my name is at the bottom of all my emails. Even when you go to uh, reply, it says your name and your email when you reply to a message. However, people still get Tanya wrong. Tony, Tonia, Toya. I have had it all, but it's at the bottom. So that's kind of how I think they come back, like just to put it to online dating. That's how they come back, getting the name wrong. It's generalized, you know, generalizing that all the women are beautiful. (laughs) Well, I still don't like it. I'm like, that was my problem with online dating. It was like, it was just too much generic behavior, generic conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm like, take the time and read my profile, read what I'm interested in, and then start a conversation with me based on what you know about me, based on what yeah. I put in that profile. Yeah. You know, and I guess I was just asking too much. <laughs> so that's Not what made me much. that's what made me let it go because I, no. I just couldn't take it. You wanna ask what you you ask it what you're looking for. That's not too much. Uh, but you do have the ones that are on there to network. So like I was saying in the last episode, you got to be, follow me on Instagram people or you know, help me with a hundred follower type of folks. That's just, so crazy to me that people are actually um, asking you to follow them on Instagram. I'm like, what? Like, Um, that is not what I'm here for. (laughs) Yeah, I'm here to connect. To build your followers. Yeah. But then I feel like online dating keeps you from really approaching in person because people don't really approach you uh, in person anymore like that. Like, hey, let me get your number so we can talk sometime. Like, that, I don't think that phase is still out there. If it is, it's very rare. Uh, but I think everything is social media related now. I think, hey, let me get your number is kind of now, you know, when you're out, instead of that replacing, you know, when you're out and about at the grocery store or the bowling alley or movies and stuff, I think like your social media page now has replaced that. Well, you hey. know, because I found that the last um, time that I was asked for my number in person, mm-hmm. It was by someone older. Matter of fact, the last two times that someone, you know, has, you know, said, hey, how you doing? You you got a man, (laughs) you know, (laughs) they were they were very old, you know, very much older. I would definitely say like over 50. Okay. You know, so, you know, they're slower to adapt, you know, to this new way of doing things. But I think for the. The um, maybe 50 and lower because I don't know somewhere between 40 and 50 you know we're, <laughs> we're acclimated because I'm a, I'm 45 so I'm acclimated to you know this the new way of doing things but I'm a little um reluctant you know to make it like a hundred percent like we know people text you know we text all the time we we send messages through you know messenger you know, but when it comes to really getting to know somebody, I kind of want the old school. Like, I, I want to have a conversation. Let's talk on yeah. the phone. Because if we're texting all the time, because I know what I'm doing when we're texting, I could be sitting at a table full of friends, you know, texting you. I could mm-hmm. be on a date with somebody else texting you. <laughs> and so, therefore, if you're texting me all the time, I'm going to be thinking, what are you doing as well? You could right. be sitting up there romancing another woman and texting me, asking me how was my day and all of this kind of stuff. So 
at some point, you got to take it off a of text message and messenger, you know, and you got to connect to really get to know what's going on in people's lives. Because I know maybe a couple years ago, it was very early in my widowhood, you know, a guy had asked me for my number and it was, he asked me like at the gas station. I guess I must have just been feeling some kind of way and I gave him my number. And I just noticed when we would talk and when he would reach out to me, it was always during working hours. And then I would never hear from him like after five or six o'clock. I was like, you know, he never reaches out after that time, you know? So then I, you know, things started churning in my head and I'm like, you know what? He's probably married or, you know, living with some woman. So he does that during the day, you know, oh, let me reach out. So women and definitely, you know, our widows, we have to be careful because at the same time that we're interested, when we get to the point where we're interested in, we're ready to move on, we're ready to, you know, find the chapter twos, you know, we cannot be naive, you know, and you have to pay attention to signs that are out there. See, you I know? instantly, when you said he reached out during uh, eight to five, I was like, well, he must be working from two to 11. Never what I had thought. Like, eventually I might have got there where, okay, it might be somebody else involved because that does play a factor if at certain times the person is reaching out. If they're not mixing up the times that, you know, and it's consistently a certain time, mm-hmm. yeah, that's where you have to start asking, like you said, the fact-finding questions. What's that Why? Like, are you married? What's going on? You said, are you married? I'm going to ask you out. What? <laughs> I'm getting down to the nitty gritty. What's going on? Because you know what? I'm going to say the very first person that um, approached me when as a, as a widow, it was probably about eight to nine months after I lost my husband. We I had known him in the bowling alley. Our kids were bowling uh, together like that summer league or something. And I would talk to him about bowling, asking me for tips from my son and stuff. And then at one point, you know, he came to my car, you know, and started, you know, kind of spitting his game, you know, as they say. So I'm thinking, oh, wow, this is different. I hadn't had that, you know, in in a long time. So I just, you know, gave him my number, you know, and we started talking. It probably took me about two weeks of, you know, talking to him before I realized that I like broke the cardinal rule. I hadn't asked anything about his relationship status Mm. or nothing. So I'm like, wow, you don't know what's really going on with him. So I had to kind of (laughs) backtrack. And so one day I was like, you know what, let me go ahead and ask him. Because then I'm thinking, this is going to sound crazy. I've already been talking to him for two weeks. Now you got to come out and ask him, you know, are you married or in a relationship? Because with mm-hmm. him, he was working like the afternoon shift at his at um, his job. So we would usually talk, you know, late evening, you know, or sometimes, you know, late at night, 10, 11 o'clock. And I was okay with that at first, you know, but then I started thinking, well, what else is going on, you know, on the weekend, blah, blah, blah. But long story short, I decided to ask him, you know, was he married? Mm-hmm. expecting him to tell me, nah, I'm not married. I wouldn't ask you for your number, you know, if I was married. Nah. <sighs> you no. Got the opposite. That was not the case. <laughs> you I got was, the opposite. I got yeah, the baby. opposite. And I'm telling you, that was, I'm, I'm glad I learned that lesson early, you know, in my widow journey, because I'm like, okay, you can't take it for granted and think that people are only going to approach you 
if they are also single, you know, but you got a lot of people out here that are in situationships or, you know, they're married, separated. You know, I don't care if you live in upstairs from your wife, she downstairs, you're still married and you still have an obligation to let the person who you are trying to invite into your situationship, let them know what's going on so they yes. can decide if they want to deal with that, because some people will do it. Some people say, hey, y'all separated. We can be friends. Some people are okay with that. But let a person make that decision for themselves and don't have them thinking you fully available. And then all of a sudden they're trying to go out and you like, well, ah, no, you got to make all these excuses why you can't do stuff or why she can't come and visit you at your house. Mm-hmm. You know, because you sitting up there, your wife, Stay upstairs. <laughs> or y'all are, like, come on now. She said the wife stay upstairs. Right. Yeah. She upstairs. Well, I'm you in the basement. You, I'm gonna tell you like the dosha told me, which is my mom. That's her name. <laughs> um separated is still married, honey. You would have to wait till they're not married to officially date someone. Because there's still that in between when you're separated, there's still that chance that you still might reconcile. So yeah. You don't want to be the reason why they didn't reconcile because you he started dating you in the middle of the separation. No. And also separation would be that time where you really need to know who you are, what you're looking for. Is it worth staying? Is it not worth staying? And just go from there, like finding yourself and getting in, getting not being done with one relationship because I'm going to say it just like that because it's not done until you actually mm-hmm. is divorced from that person mm-hmm. but not being done from this one relationship and then going into another one knowing you're not done with this one yet never it ends just, well yeah, it creates all yes. kind of issues and I'll tell you from, from my own experience I don't I don't agree with separation or for me and my marital situation separation is not for me Like if we can't work it out while we are living in the same house, Mm -hmm. you know, whether we just have to, you know, if you're going to sleep on the couch or whatever, we can separate in the house, you know, but I think that when people separate physically, Mm -hmm. it just causes, it's going to add even more confusion to whatever you're already dealing with in that relationship. You know what I'm saying? Because you're out. And I think eventually somebody is always going to start acting like, okay, we're separated. So that means that I can see somebody else if I want to. You know, maybe your husband, you know, he don't take you out anymore. Maybe that's the problem. So now you're separated. So you think it's okay for me to go out with this coworker that's been asking me out. (laughs) Well, just think about like, and I'm not going to, I don't like using that analogy, but I think it's, you know, relevant to what we're discussing at this moment. Like the Jada and Will situation, they were separated and she had this thing with August and then you saw how that went. August, you got, you know, you know, your feelings were hurt at the end. Mm -hmm. Yeah, your feelings were hurt at the end because... Jada was not truly done with that relationship. She was just separated, even and though she they probably said, oh, knew she wasn't done with it. Yeah, and oh, we're done. Blah blah blah. You, you you're not done with it. So you got into another one, and somebody still got hurt in the process. So you know, it's it's just it's just better. And then, like as widows, <laughs> the, the separated. No, you, we we looking for um, single. 
<laughs> and only like you you don't want to be in the middle of a triangle um mess but say if you do say if separated you're dating somebody and eventually they divorce and now it's you and him together and he has kids with the one he divorced and now there's a, still going to be a conflict because you're that other woman that he was messing around with before i got this divorce like you still got that stigma that comes behind that um, and, and how about the trust issues because oh, i yeah. personally couldn't trust anybody if you were messing with me while you were still married i don't care if you guys were living separately or anything even mm-hmm. if i chose to continue to be involved with you while you were married if that was no longer the case I don't think I really could ever truly trust the person, you know, because exactly. I would just be thinking like, well, when you were with me, you know, you told your wife you were, even if you, you know, I don't know, some people have understandings with their spouses. Hey, you know, we just going to live together, you know, take care of these kids, but you know, you do you, I do me, but that stuff usually don't work out because, you know, particularly with men, they don't usually want their women, you know, with other people. <laughs> Even if they don't want to be with them anymore, yeah. you know. I guess but, I would have to ask. That would probably be later on in some of our episodes. Like, get a male's perspective about that. I always wonder, or maybe I need to just find it on. Why is it it's okay for them to have the different people they're talking to, but the moment the woman presents the potential. <laughs> It's like, oh, it's like they don't even consider. It's almost like while they're doing their dirt, they don't even consider, Mm -hmm. hell, she could be doing this too. (laughs) You know, like it's like they think that. Or they do, and they shut down, and then they put you in that category of, oh, I can't mess with her because she probably got about five. It's just, it's the communicate. It's like we shine away from communicating with each other. And, (laughs) and, it's just, I don't know. It's a whole lot that goes along with the, because I think it's all about the perspective and the, you know, what you're assuming without asking. But yeah, you, you, they, like you said, they get upset, they mag, and they like, oh, you got somebody else? I thought we were, mm-mm. Yeah, it, it's a mess. I mean, so it's definitely better, you know, in marriage. Finish, finish what you need to finish, you know, regarding your marital situation before you go out here, you know, pursuing other people. It's just not yeah. fair to them. You know, and I wouldn't I, do anybody that the open one either. The open one is tricky, too, because they still committed to each other. They just want a little spice. <laughs> they ooh, want a little oh, my God, girl. That's the interesting thing, because it is so much of that going on. Yeah. You they know, just want a little spice. And then you get your feelings hurt. But they together. They, they got a tied bond. They just agreed to have this open relationship but they they together they that's <laughs> okay. you you just added spice to okay the, listen together this so you mentioned uh jada you know jada pickett so mm. you know i like to look at the the red talk table um or is it red table red table talk yeah and i, I remember shortly I so one of her shows i thought it was so interesting i can't remember what it was called but it had to do with kind of having an open relationship but it's a term that they use um it starts with a p we have to look it up yeah Uh, because um, jada pickett's daughter willow used it 
Right. So it's like, okay, we're in this open relationship where we're not, or you, you say that, okay, I'm committed to multiple people, but like, okay, so it's not cheating because you are aware. So I have this guy over here. He satisfies this part of me. Maybe he satisfies me, you know, intellectually. We have great conversation. You know, we enjoy each other's company. There's something like poly. Is it poly? poly? Yeah, it was. That that does sounds like it. Probably something, but uh, yeah. Yeah, you have this. You have you're in more than one relationship. I see more. I see it more used now. So maybe it's just the change of times. It could also be the change in polymorous. Here it is, polymorous. Yeah. yeah, you have a um, polymorous more relationship because I think more millennials embrace that because of the past and looking at the family history or the family yeah because they kind of look at like you know like uh what is it called monogamous relationships like as they say well i don't get men seem to get this past easier than women but it's like this known thing out here that men they get bored you know so they have to have you know some different experiences with women outside of their wives and you know, has this, that saying, men, you know, men will be men, you know, and women are always accepting of not, we don't accept it, but we definitely are more likely to forgive infidelity in relationships more so than men are. And I had this guy at my, um, my job, we had this conversation briefly, but he said, you know, what well, is different when your woman sleeps with another man he like nah because you have feelings you got that means you have feelings so for <laughs> it's expected for, if a woman sleeps with you that means she has feelings for you so that's why they can't in his case that's what he was saying why he couldn't forgive his woman or his wife for sleeping with another man because the assumption is it's more than physical like she actually yeah. has feelings for this man but men on the other hand they can sleep with 10 different women and not have feelings for any of them. Like it's just a strictly physical thing. I wonder why is that? I know the book, um, is it, um, girls are from Venus, guys are from Mars or it might be vice versa. Why is it that they're able to, you know, take the feelings off or are they really too having feelings? They just want to allow themselves. And that's why they keep having multiple women. It's it's a uh, it's a topic that I definitely wanna wanna see and have somebody address. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> but it, and it's actually really discouraging because I can say with my uh, late husband, mm-hmm. I never had the like while we were married, I never had the inkling, you know, that he was unfaithful to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and now my first husband. You know, we did deal with infidelity in that relationship. And, um, you know, so I, I was really, I mean, that was one of the reasons why I was able to deal with some of the other things that I dealt with in my relationship with my late husband, because it was like, well, I never had that feeling that he, he was out there, you know, seeing other women, you know, getting text messages from other women and all of that type of stuff, you know, so I dealt with some other things, you know, but... It's very concerning, like now being a single woman and then now having had conversations 
with, you know, talking to more men and knowing what they tell me, you know, like, yeah, like I have a married friend at work, you know, he'll tell me about, you know, guys, you know, that he knows like, yeah, he just, he like, he just has other women, you know? Right. And I'm like, but he's with his wife. He, he doesn't not love his wife, you know, they just need to have something different. So it's very hard for me thinking of going into a new relationship with that in the back of my head, you know, because it's like, goodness, I don't want to get in a relationship with somebody and, you know, I'm feeling them and we're each, you know, we're with each other. And I'm thinking the thought that he may get bored with me, you know, after a few years or less, unfortunately, but it's just like, man, so you could just get bored with me sexually and just have to step out and get you some other stuff every now and then that does not sit well with me <laughs> and it makes me kind of be a little anti-relationship or definitely anti-marriage you know because it's kind of like I don't need to get married at this point in my life like I've done it you have a lot of women if they've never been married you know they're not like oh I want to experience that you know they think it's this you know big Oh, I want to get married. I want to be somebody's wife. I want to have this husband. But it is so much that goes along with those titles as husband and wives. It is yeah. not the picnic, you know, that some people make it it's, out to be. It's, it's a compromise. And then it's one where I would be like, get the right counselor to counsel you through. You see how I said not, to, you know, at the beginning when you're about to get married, counsel you through. Um, the marriage as well that might actually help being open with each other, communicating. If you're somebody who's not vague on communicating, and you get married, that's that's going to be your you know that's going to be an issue because you have to communicate, and you got to communicate enough to get point your point across and understand their point. So not just communicate, but be an active listener as well mm -hmm. as they're communicating their issues to you. It is hard work. I just don't want people to say, oh, I don't ever want to get married. I just want to, you know, because then that could be also the lack of commitment. Now, in your case, you've done it twice. So we know it's not that you don't <laughs> go, you're not going to get, you know, you don't like getting married. It's just, it is a lot of work that goes into getting married. Yeah. And that's and one of the I'm, things. And now I'm scared of it. I mean. Yeah, it is scary because <laughs> it's, a, it's a new ball game. When we got married, you know, we was <laughs> I feel like, you know, hell to death do its part. I mean, we were still in the, the vows. Now the vows have been rewritten. I told you, they more open marriages. It's more we together when we together type of feel, you know. And, and then, you know, but also you got to pay attention to why people want to be married. Like, mm -hmm. I think for myself, I wanted to be married for a sense of stability, um, mm -hmm. I wasn't necessarily looking to, oh, I want to get married to grow with someone to, mm -hmm. um, you know, build this life. I mean, I feel like the life is going to be built automatically, you know, because that's just what you do. You grow. You know, if you get married at 25, you're not going to be the same person at mm -hmm. 35 or 45. You're not going to be you shouldn't be in the same financial situation at 25 as you are when you're 35, 45. So I expect that to happen. But mm -hmm. I find that a lot of people are seeking partners to 
develop things on a financial level. And then that makes me uncomfortable, me too, because I feel like if it's something that you as an individual want to attain for yourself, if you want to get into real estate or, you know, you want to open a restaurant, you should not have to wait until you have a wife to do so. To do this because oh you need that extra income because to me the marriage should be solely about committing to this person, loving this person. It shouldn't be about the money, you know, because what if she doesn't want to she don't have the same vision that you have. If she right. doesn't want to have a restaurant, you can't marry this woman on the pretense of, you know, love and affection. We love each other and then now that she's your wife, like, oh, you know, I want to start this business and I need half of your 401k to start my business. I'm like, wait a second. That's not her vision. You know, so yeah. say that up front. If that's what you want from a partnership, then say that from the get go so that woman can let you know from the get go on her end, too. Well, yeah, I don't, don't want to have a restaurant. That's not what I want to do with my money. It's all about the. When I married, it was the a, a growth, a bond, and rebuilding of a family. Um, I always wanted a large, large family. <laughs> um, even though my dad's side is very large, it, it was hard because I'm a, I, I come after a divorce, and he had already had a set of six kids already. Mm-hmm. So I think me and my brother are two kids outside of the six he already had. And that gets a little tough because that that family was already built. You know what I'm saying? And he mm-hmm. come with two extra kids. The kids almost grown, if not grown. And you come with this little baby talking about, so here go your little sister. And they got their own kids that's the same age as me. So it's, been, it's always been that moment where it's kind of hard to fit in, knowing that you're that outside kid. Uh, so I don't really count that as a large family because I feel like that's more of me trying to prove why I'm in the family and I shouldn't have to. This was, a, mm-hmm. you know, the choice my dad made at a, you know, late age, you know, I ain't gonna say late age because he was in his 40s, late 40s when he um, had me. But it's, it's a decision you made that I shouldn't have to keep answering to. <laughs> And that's how I felt with that. But that's the reason, you know, one of the reasons why I wanted to marry that I could show that I could stay, you know, in a committed, my mom, you know, get over the stigma of when she was like, she said, I've married once and that was it. And she didn't want to marry no more. And hers, mm-hmm. you know, hers ended in divorce. So I, I wanted to get over that. What I preached about and always would tell my late husband is the single mom piece. Cause I was like, I know how that is. Cause my mom lived through it. Mm-hmm. I had to see her do it. I, and I said, I would not wish that on anybody. And then to turn around mm. and I'm yeah, at, you're in it. Yeah. 38, about to be 39. And I've been a single mom since 34. And, you know, I was on my way to being 35 before, you know, he you know, passing. And so it's just like everything. It's just weird how life is. Cause I, think we strive so much to be a little bit better than our parents or do it a little bit more and you find yourself kind of falling in full circle again of what they did and then you kind of understand okay mom didn't know she did the best she could yeah and that's the part where your growth starts because when you try to accept 
when you go from not looking at your parents like, mm, 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 I'm not going to do it your way, <laughs> until looking at them like, I understand. Now you understand. You know, I understand we... where you were coming from with that. I understand. You know, Dad, he still got some explaining to do. I don't know if I really <laughs> understand his game. But I now understand the choices Mom made. And sometimes you make the choices based off of what you're feeling or, you know, how you want to how you want to see things and how you want to approach things. And yeah, marriage is one of those, will I marry again? A part of me would love to say yes, you know what I'm saying? But I do feel, and that could be where some of the insecurities come in too, like, will I ever be able to, not the same love, but have a love of some type for me to say, yes, let me, you know, yes, I will marry you, you know what I'm saying? Or, you know, I might be like um, Goldie Hahn and Kurt Russell over here. <laughs> okay. You know, right. I can do that because I'm like, look, matter of fact, I heard Vivica Fox. She was on um, the Wendy Williams show uh, last couple of days ago. And she was saying, you know, like that she did want to get married again, that she has not closed off to that. And then, but she also said, but she would also be okay with her husband having a house next door. You know, like, <laughs> like let's. We, I want us to be close, but I want my space though. You know, oh, yes. you want the best of both worlds. You want this man to be close to you. You want to kind of live together, but mm-hmm. you also just want to be able to have your space. It can just be so overwhelming, you know, when you're together all the time. And mm-hmm. I'm telling you, oh. Whew. Yeah, that's I'm good. being triggered, girl. This conversation. Yes, I, I know. <laughs> it went, it's I'm so sweating. A little tired. <laughs> I a need to get tired. my fan. Let me turn this fan on. I'm <laughs> like, ooh. <laughs> she started sweating because I think we went on one topic and we kind of switched it up. But that's okay. That's why. That's how the conversation flow. Because I was gonna say uh, to go back to what you said in the previous podcast about online dating. I think our first thing is I think as widows. We always, and I heard um, actually my um, one of my um, coworker friends, um, Latoya, posted it because she went to a funeral yesterday. How the pastor said that you know you shouldn't be stop focusing on the end and start living now mm. and just go with the flow. And I think as widows, especially when we get on topic of dating, we instantly go to are we gonna get married again? Blah 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 because that's what we were. We were, you know, and that's what we, you know, in a sense, that's what we are. We just the, what, you know, after marriage part, what comes mm-hmm. after the marriage, which is the widowhood. I think we just naturally think, okay, is he going to be the one I got to marry and blah, 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 instead of going with the flow. But I think we think that because we know where that, you know, where this leads, you know, right. we know the definition of loving. We know the definition of honor. We know the definition of commitment. And we also know the definition of death because we have to go through it. We That's know also that scary is. too. Once you experience, mm-hmm. um, you know, loving someone, making these plans with someone for the future and, you know, the reality of losing someone that makes it scary too, you know, with the dating again, because it's like, oh my gosh, because I had that experience when I, you know, met this really, you know, nice guy. And I was like, man, this is like really nice. I, you know, but I had a flash in my head, you know, that was Mm -hmm. like, like, I would hate to lose this person. 
even though you never know in any type of situation who's going to go first. You know, you don't know that. So, you know, we only think of it in terms of, you know, if I lost that person, you know, but it can be you that leaves. But that's just the hard part of our human experience, Mm -hmm. losing people. You know, it's like probably one of the hardest things that we have to do in this life, you know, dealing with our own mortality Mm -hmm. and then having to face, you know, the losses of the people that we love, you know, and you have some people out here that, you know, they choose not to go there, you know, like, Mm -hmm. hey, I'm just not going to have really deep relationships with people. Like if I don't have to have deep relationships with people, I'm going to keep everybody (laughs) at arm's length you know, to try mm-hmm. to soften the blow of losing people. But I don't think right. it helps. I'm, I'm sure these people that try to live that way, when you lose people, you can't help it whether you try to love them or not. The loss of, of life, it, it just affects us, period. You yes. know? And I agree. Like, the loss of life is is huge. That's why I think we talk about it. Like I said, the pastor said, try to, you know, not focus on the end, but live it in the moment now. That that's a true statement, but it's also have you been through the journey to understand why some people always why they mind always shoots to the end <laughs> because they have been to the end with someone already before, and so it's one of the scary thoughts. Do I try to love again just to end up in the same result or put that person in the result because it could be me this time? Put that person in that position to have to you know grieve me so it, i mean it's a whole lot that goes into yeah. that that's why it's i said this journey <laughs> when i when i tell you this journey is not for the week and i mean that when if you're someone who's thinking oh my god i just don't have the strength i don't have no honey we do we the warriors we if you wake up the next morning ready to go again you already accomplished half of the battle right there yeah and that's the thing about life you don't know what you are strong enough to deal with until you have to deal with something. Right. You know, I did certainly didn't think that I was going to be a caregiver at the age of 40 when I was supposed to be playing in my, you know, fabulous and 40th birthday party. I was learning how to be a caregiver, you know, it's like, (laughs) wait a second, this is not what was supposed to happen here. You know, but those two years that I lived that life of being a caregiver I learned so much about myself. I learned about my true capacity to love, you know, because Mm -hmm. you have to love different when you're caring for somebody, you know, through their sickness. You know, it becomes so much not about you. And, you know, yeah, it becomes about them, you know, and I did that. So I had to, I recognize, you know, I think about Whitney Houston's song, I didn't know my own strength. You know, and that's a song, you know, that I will often play, you know, to just soothe myself, you know, and just really just thank God because you you don't know your strength because it's really not your own strength. It's really the strength of God coming through you. You know, everything that we have to deal with in this life is not our own strength that's, you know, getting us there. He's strengthening us, you know, to deal with all of this stuff, you know, it's not easy. He's trying to, you know, carry us through. And that's something that, you know, sometimes, like I told you, sometimes me and God have that little battle talk. <laughs> but at the end of the day, you're going to pull out. You, you, you're you going to get through it. And that that's, that's, 
you know, part of it. And like online dating, that, you know, like you said, you was feeling triggered. I think you was triggered on all levels. I was triggered because, yeah, that means you, you having to put your guard down. Open Oof. up again, you know. <laughs> I miss the 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 affection of the the you know of my spouse being there, and you know I miss that affection. That's why I'm on there. Like, okay, let me see if I can, if I cannot. And it's okay. Sometimes you got your toe tipped in, and you're like, oh, let me take my toe out. You know, what I'm saying before you dive head first into the pool. So, um. Online dating, uh, it's not my thing, but I'm not giving up on it as of yet. I just take breaks. Um, yeah, that's good because I know my site. Look, I opened up a site probably two years ago, mm-hmm. and then I, you know, closed out the subscription. Then sometimes, because one thing about the online dating, even if you cancel your subscription, unless you actually go and delete your profile. They want you to come back. So you're, yeah. they're still going to allow you to have a little bit of access to the site. Mm-hmm. And they want to kind of tempt you with like, oh, you got 50 likes this week, you know, to try to tempt you into logging in and, mm-hmm. you know, getting your subscription back again to see what's going on. You know, so I don't think it's anything wrong with keeping it as an option. Okay. You know, you just got to keep your keep your options open, whether it be online or whether it be, you know, Facebook. Facebook has dating now. And yeah, then we know yeah. people look like you said, your social media, people mm-hmm. be checking you out in social media, even when you're not thinking they're checking you out. So. Yeah. And there's been love connections on social media. Like, again, I'm part of the EXO tribe. So they have articles on EXO Nicole. If you haven't checked that out, that's a good millennial. I ain't even call it a millennial. That's a, just a good source for anybody single, not, you know, married, in a relationship, anything. There's just to go over anything, like, at all topics. They touch from sex to horoscopes. Like, you can go, any, you know, over anything on that site and read about the different articles. But one of them was people finding love in the direct message or Facebook messenger. And so those, you know, you got those stories out there as well. And those links, I mean, you can shoot your shot there. That's how you (laughs) gain a little confidence. But I think most of us are afraid of the rejection part. And that that's the part where we kind of got to get over rejection um, as quoted from Francesca. Uh, I'm gonna say hoagie if I'm not pronouncing it right. I'm sorry, but re- you know, rejection isn't real. It's just a um, disempowering story that would cause you to close up your heart as you continue to date. So that part is like, yeah, you're trying to date, but you don't let nobody in because you don't want to be rejected. That's kind of like the same. It's kind of like applying for a job. Didn't I use a job analogy last time? <laughs> I think you did. Job, mm-hmm. You get 13 no's, but then you get. The um sorry, thirteen no's, but the fourteen was a yes. Right, and so that's how you have to kind of look at it. It's a mindset that you have to you know keep in mind when you're looking at those um sites and stuff. So just you know, just don't close off your heart yet. Be like uh, Sherman said, just be cautious. Know the game that there mm-hmm. are games out there. <laughs> Uh, and don't ignore your inner voice, you know, Yes. because like, like when I had that, when it dawned on me that I never asked that guy what his you know, relationship status was, mm-hmm. if I had ignored my inner voice and said, 
I would have said, oh, you know what? He wouldn't have tried to talk to me, you know, if he was married or in a relationship. If I had ignored that, I would have continued to talk to him. And then he probably would have continued talking to me, never telling me mm-hmm. that he was married. Because it was like, well, if she don't ask, I'm not going to tell. So you got to go ahead and ask those questions. And I don't mm-hmm. care how late it is. I don't care if it was six months down the line. <laughs> if you had a thought, I wonder if this man is married. Because, you know, you realize things at different levels. You know, mm-hmm. your awareness. Sometimes we get we fall in love, you know, or we're infatuated with somebody. We're infatuated with the idea of love. So we kind of ignore some things that after a while, when that infatuation kind of starts to whine a little bit, then you start, oh, wait a second. I think Mm -hmm. he only calls me on Mondays, Thursdays, and Fridays. Then you start saying, well, what's going on the other days of the week? Mm -hmm. So, you know, just Stay on your P's and Q's. Is it Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays, girl. That's three times a week. You're a right. three-time lady. Okay, right. So you might be thinking at the beginning, you're thinking, oh, he's consistent, you know. But you need to know what's going on, you know, those other days. Because he could have somebody else that he's <laughs> being consistent with the other days of the week, you yeah. know. And we have to not be afraid to ask those questions because it's for our own peace of mind. And for how we want to live, you know, if you're okay being somebody's Monday, Wednesday, Friday woman, okay. But if you're not okay with that, you want to be their seven day a week person. Not that they have to see you seven days a week, but you want to know if somebody is, you know, just dealing with you or if they're dealing with other people. So we can be on the same page, you know, because if they're dealing with other people, you should be open to dealing with other people too. Because as I think I've mentioned, the lady that I follow um, on Instagram, uh, Stacey J, she's a dating coach, but she says women are so good with giving their monogamy away before it's even asked for. So if a man doesn't actually have a conversation with you, say, hey, you know, I want us to see each other exclusively. If you all don't have that conversation, don't assume because you all have a standing date every Friday, every Sunday, y'all always going somewhere. That don't mean you his woman. He calling you, texting you every day, you know, and then y'all go out these certain days. If you don't have a conversation where it is clearly stated that you all are seeing each other exclusively, don't make yourself that man's girlfriend if he did not mm-hmm. ask you, it'd be his girlfriend. Exactly. Because <laughs> if you see him out with somebody and you try to check him on it, he can never, hey, I didn't ask you to be my woman. I didn't tell you that I wasn't dating other people. And because we're afraid to ask those questions, so we don't even ask, hey, are you seeing somebody else? At least mm-hmm. make them have to lie to you, but don't not ask the question. Yeah, don't assume... You might have to pull one out of um, my good old granny's book. When you see him, hey, act just as surprised as they, do, as they are. They don't <laughs> want their game. And then when you get home and he starts calling, block. Block. <laughs> yep. That's how you how you do that if he um, pulls an okie doke on you. But this is another great conversation. It took a an interesting turn there for a second, <laughs> but I think it was much needed because I think you know, this is something that probably won't get old talking about it because we oh. are in this journey and we're starting over. <laughs> That's right. Anytime you talk about men and women, it's, yep. that conversation never gets old. Absolutely. All right. So, till next time. Until next time. <laughs> <laughs>
All right. Talk to you later. All right. Bye. Bye.